Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, Mel Herbert here. Uh, it's uh, it's time to do a little talking test. We haven't done one of these in a while because Robert, Robert's a real doctor, seeing real patients in the middle of a pandemic, and Tom is a medical educator in the middle of a tam- tam-demic? pandemic. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing, but we thought we should do just a show. Mostly I'm calling this the happy hour version because I'm having a drink mm-hmm. and we're going to talk a little bit of Tesla just for old time's sake, just to, you know, take the anxiety down a little bit. We're all talking COVID-19 all the time, but not now. Now let's talk Mm -hmm. Tesla. Okay, let's talk Tesla. Let's do it. Have either one of you, since the last time we spoke, and I don't remember when the last time we spoke was, have either one of you received a new Tesla? I've gotten damn close. And he's got one. I've got a new Tesla. What, Mel? You didn't get it? I still don't have it. It's like all, all the paperwork is there, and they're like, it's minutes away, but then the pandemic occurred and they sent everybody home. So I'm pretty sure mine is sitting on a truck and nobody's there to unload it. So in the last week, I've seen four car, car, car carriers filled with Teslas coming down the 101. Oh, there's hope. There's hope. I know of people who are getting their Ys right now. Tesla delivered my three to me, touchless. Which Tell us about that. Is no fun if you like touching. Yeah, tell us about <laughs> your touchless delivery. I don't think three. you really understand the whole point of that, really. What? Who did what you, do you want mean? to touch? What are you talking <laughs> about, Tom? Who are you hoping to touch? That's all I want to know. When I think about you, I don't <laughs> touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. I'll Some things never to... change, pandemic or not, damn it. I'll try not to cough because then you're going to expel me from the studio. Well, you're not in the studio, Robert. You're at home. Do you're are you getting delirium? Oh, you're yeah. right. We're not in the same room together, mostly because Robert actually sees patients regularly. <laughs> and the last time we recorded was sort of at the beginning of this, and he walks in from a shift wearing his scrubs and an N95 mask hanging around his waist, and I was like, "Huh, this is probably a bad idea. I probably shouldn't be around him." <laughs> And, and now so, he is well, literally half naked doing this recording from his own house. So, Well, he could be all great. naked. We can't see below the oh, waist. Please, please, enough. Yeah, well, because I went for a run. I want to maintain my pulmonary health. I want to Good make idea. sure that I can breathe really well and be as strong as possible for when these little coronaviruses try to get in me. But touchless delivery, it was actually quite impressive. One thing that I didn't realize was that they actually gave you, Mel, the key. I didn't know that. But you did send me, you sent me a box. But when I got there, it like, so it's Monday, I'm working. Uh, I get off of work around 10.30, I think it was. And I drive halfway home, stop at the 
at the Talking Tesla Studios because that's where I had uh, taken delivery of a Turo, right? I was driving a Turo for a couple of weeks, Model 3. I couldn't uh, couldn't bring myself to drive a gas car. I just couldn't. I love that. I love that. I was renting a Model 3 from Tyree uh, on Turo, and it was going great. He's in, I think, Burbank. His car was black excellence. It was beautiful black car. I described how I now know that I definitely don't want a black car because it got kind of warm sitting in the sun, even though it was like a sunny winter day here in California, 50 degrees out. Uh, so I get to the studio at 1130 at night after my shift. And there it is, the white, all white, new Model 3 with like 30 miles on it. And I called up Tesla. They unlocked it for me. Uh, and then I drove home and it was delicious. I, uh, I unfortunately didn't have the, uh, the keys. I was unaware that they existed. So I had to go into service the next day and get some keys made, the, uh, you know, the um, key card, because you need that to be able to link your phone to the car. So now everything's great. Where were the keys? I guess they were with Mel, and I didn't catch one Vox that he had sent me that said the keys are in the studio, even though I went in the studio to take a leak but uh, and contaminate all the doorknobs. Thank oh, you. Thank good you. Lord. That's great to know what is happening. But the best part of this story, Robert, was that you didn't tell us that a Model 3 was getting delivered. So uh, <laughs> that's helpful. So the studio is at one part of the property and the other part of the property is residential. And uh, the lovely lady that works there, lives there, calls me and says, uh, Mel, your Model 3, your, your Tesla's here. They're, del- they're dropping off your Tesla. I'm like... What are you talking about? Like, they're dropping off your Tesla right now. They're delivered it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And she's like, and the guy's going away and he says, like, you you can't take it back because I'm like, well, I didn't, what? And they drive off and she's like, it's this beautiful white Tesla. And I'm like, I wanted a blue one. <laughs> there was complete confusion because she delivered the wrong to colored us. car to the wrong address. Very Thankfully, helpful. about yes. two minutes into this conversation, I'm like, that's Robert's three. He's having it delivered to the studio. So we finally worked this out. We open up the car and yeah, there is his keys. So I put the keys in the studio and then I vox you and you didn't get the vox. And then she freaks out again because magically it disappears and then there's a black uh, Tesla there. She's like, there's another Tesla here. <laughs> what is happening? What is I happening? Mean, she can't be that surprised. There's always a new Tesla parked in front of that place. And that That's was right. obviously the, uh, the Tyree. Who was it? Turo. Tyree. Tyree's uh, car. And then I'm like, I give up. Just ignore any Teslas that just get delivered to the studio. It'll work itself out. It's like a Tesla portal. You know, it's funny because uh, people talk about this place as the Tesla place because there are so many Teslas where we record. We're just known as the Tesla place. Yeah, we should, you know, have like some kind of a Klieg light from your backyard that just shines up into the clouds with the Tesla T. Big T. So, Batman. How are you liking uh, your brand new 2020, absolutely all the bells and whistles, except for performance, Model 3? Love it. Love it. It's so amazing. The white interior uh, to describe it. Well, when I first picked it up, it was nighttime. So I didn't really notice it so much. But the next day when I drove it in a, on a sunny day, 
the reflection off all of the white surfaces. None of them are glossy, the seats, the dash, but the white, it just brightens up the car so much. If you suffer, uh, anyone there in Talking Tesla Nation, from any type of depression, then this is the car for you. It is so bright and so light. You should just, you know, go onto the Tesla website with Robert3177 <laughs> and order yourself a white interior Tesla. It's so worth the extra few bucks. That's funny because I find that the white dash, I love the white interior. I would not get a cow, another Tesla without that. But the dash right in front of you on a sunny day in that white, I find it reflects too much. And the dashboard feel, is white? That not is the terrible. dash, the... There's that. It's like the strip above the AC vent. Yeah, that strip there on the driver's side, I feel the need to put something over it. I know there's the third party um, groups that do that. I just find that on a sunny day, that's a little bit glary. As a matter of fact, there is a third party group that can do something on that. And that's uh, Mark at RPM Tesla. He puts a, there's like a wood overlay he can put on it. And there's a, a uh, what is it, carbon fiber. So I don't know. Did I don't know if he did any of that to your car? He hasn't done that. He also, he offered it to me, and I um, I'm actually probably going to take him up on it because on the sunny days. Oh, but I've got a story. Oh, can I tell you a story? Is it a Tesla story? It's a Tesla story. Lovely. Right. So you know, I <laughs> handed in my S, and I got a red three, and I loved it because the you know the payment was like a third, and uh, I like the three more than the S, and I told the whole story, and it's very exciting, and I did it, and I was a bit out of phase because you know I want, I really wanted to get a Y, but the Y wasn't around, and the Y wasn't going to occur for another year and a half, and I'm like, well, I'll just wait. Okay, I'll get a three now, and then, but then, of course, they accelerated when Ys were coming from like the end of the year to summer to now. Yeah. And so now I'm getting the call, do you want your why? And against everything I've said, I've, I've said, well, of course I want it. I'm not going to wait, even though the right thing to do is wait and let them work out their manufacturing issues. So now what am I going to do? I'm going to have this car that's sitting around. That's complete waste. So I emailed them and I said, uh, can I return this Model 3? It's only about three months old. And uh, how much do you think it is to return a Model 3 in a lease after three months? You know, you're obviously going to have to pay some sort of fine, um, but I don't need it, so I want to send it back. What do you think the $12,000, that's my guess. Okay. Robert, your turn. Well, let's see. How, how long did you lease it for? Three years. I've had it for about three and months. it's like a $600 a month payment? Uh, yeah, around that, five, 600 bucks. So $15,000. So I get the email and, um, and the email says, yeah, you can return it. It'll be a little expensive. Uh, the return cost is $58,000. <laughs> they wanted all the money. Wow. And I'm like, I guess I'm not getting a why then. <laughs> and uh, then I get an email the next day. Oh, sorry. We forgot to uh, um, subtract the residual value of your trade-in, which is the car that I have right now. And then the number was three and a half thousand dollars. Oh, I'm like That's less. three and a half thousand is less than fifty-eight. Wait, 000. the residual value was fifty-five thousand on a car that's yeah brand new. So. That's 
there's a, so much to this that's a very interesting to unpack. The residual value of a car, a gas car, when you drive it off the lot, is usually 20%. The residual value of this car that's already three months old is uh, way less than that. It's like 5%. Wow. Um, it's stunning, right? These cars hold their values so well. So I can actually return this car. Do you mean after, 95%? I mean 95%. I can return this car and pay three three and a half thousand, which is a lot of money, right? But it's still way less than two and a half years of paying payments on it if I kept it. Um, so why? So I'm giving it back and I'm getting a why, baby. Okay. I was going to say, so weird is the why. So the why, I've got all the, they've sent me all the stuff and it's like it's delivery is imminent, but I haven't got that last thing, come and get it at this time. So this has happened right at the beginning of the pandemic and they closed everything down and I just figured, okay, so this is not going to happen for six months, so I'll just keep my Model 3. But uh, you keep telling me, you see truckloads of Ys coming down the 101. I'm like, maybe one of those is mine. Did you see a blue one with the name uh, Mel on the side? Did you see that? Uh, no. So I did didn't you see make that the exactly. deal with them? Say what? Is the deal done with them to return the three? No. So I said, look, I'll do this deal. Um, that's a little cash out of pocket, but I really want the Y. Uh, but I'm not going to do it until I get it. So they said, yeah, you can just put it on pause and we'll do this deal once you get your Y. So now you're not paying the monthly on the three either? No, I'm still paying the monthly on the three. Come on, let's be so honest. So will they reduce that residual as it goes? Like, will Probably that it'll, be, it'll change over time. Um, and if Tesla collapses and things are terrible, then I won't be able to do this. But uh, yeah, it'll change a little bit. But I was just stunned at how much, how little it was to get out of a lease uh, on a cut that's uh, you know three months old because that residual value they're like that's eh, we're gonna be able to get rid of this we're gonna be able to sell that this. seems crazy to me actually that seems like not good business on their part unless they've got a lot of people who are interested in your combination of a Y but, but no a three you mean I'm sorry a three well either way but now it's used I would think that they would sell the Y more easily. Well, they're having issues with the why in terms of, um, like, well, there's these reports anyway that they're already moving to the rear wheel uh, drive only cheaper versions because obviously when there's a pandemic and, and you have this collapse of the economy, people are not going out and buying cars. Only doctors who are uh, guaranteed job security. Yeah, there's some of us that uh, can do that. So uh, it's interesting to me that the three is maintaining its value so i wouldn't be surprised if when my y arrives if it arrives say in the next few weeks and i go redo the deal they're like oh no we're not giving you that deal that's insane i don't know i wonder i mean i is there some way for you to lock this up i didn't ask them that i would kind of like to lock it up because honestly i'm going to go back to work now i'm going to i'm coming out of retirement i'm going in with robert i'm going to the front lines and the there's obviously uh, you're worried about getting sick and uh, the worst of things, but this is a Tesla show. My biggest concern for the Tesla show, it's not my actual biggest concern, but my biggest concern is like, I do not want to get uh, this disease before I can drive the Y because I really <laughs> want to drive the Y. <laughs> oh my God. You sound like somebody I know who was dying of cancer some years back and they were like, I just want to know if president, if Obama gets elected president, you know, it's like, 
Right, just let me live long enough. Exactly. That's how I ago. feel like. I just want the Y because this is the car that I've always wanted and I've loved the S and the X is great. But it's the Y. It's the Y. I just want to open the hatch and I, I, oh, please, I just fondle let it. me. And then I can go to the shift and I'll intubate you and I'll get the disease. It's fine. I just one time. Give me my car. Oh, poor Mel. <laughs> you want to fondle it. Then you want to get up close. show got terribly sad right there for a moment i'm just it's gonna throw fine. that out there it's fun but you know what i mean this is the car this is the one this is i'm excited about come on yeah have you been looking at the videos there's been already um a lot of great videos of of the why um people that are sort of just walking you through it how big it is and uh how fast it is and off-roading have you been looking at these things what are your impressions i can give you mine but i don't want to take over the show what are your impressions it's very big it's very big i love the size of it i watched i can't remember which youtube it was but a gentleman it wasn't his it was uh given to him to do a walkthrough by some friends of his and he put it in the middle of a parking lot and he opened all the doors and he went through everything and he showed a lot of details and it's surprisingly large, which I was kind of shocked at how surprisingly large it was. And I've only, I have seen them in the person, uh, but only on a truck going 70 miles an hour in the other direction off the five. So it doesn't really count. I saw a whole crap load of them about a week ago. So they are coming. And my first impression is it's great. I wish my car had the same residual value as yours, uh, but it does not. Right setting i look at these videos and i you know i was when they did the reveal i think i've talked about this a million times but although we haven't done elon today in a long time i was under impressed but since they've changed the form factor they've made it so it's much more x than it is three i'm super excited about this thing and then when i look at the look at the videos that people are putting out it looks like to me almost the perfect car for me the yeah. hatchback, the size, the the ride height. I really like that SUV ride height. Um, the big frunk, the under the storage in the back. But the fact that it it rides like an X, but is as efficient as a three, and as as short as a three, and as narrow as a three. I'm um. This it's, is it's, why I don't want to die before I drive it. <laughs> you're not gonna die. Be safe. It's interesting to me the way that like it has basically the same height as the three to the floor, but then they put like a six or eight inch platform inside, which is what the seat sits on. And that was the first time in that walkthrough video I watched on YouTube that I had seen that. And it makes sense, but you just sit up a little higher on it. They just kind of raised the height of the seat, which I think is is very cool. I would really... I would like you to get one just so I can sit in it and drive it because I'm really curious how much it actually has changed since the Y launch. Well, it looks like it's changed um, a lot, you know, way higher, much more X. When I see the the pictures of of the X, the Y, and the 3, it looks way more like the X than it does the 3. Yeah, but we'll have to see them together. Like that'll be the good one for you is once you get it, you can put it next to the X and we can really do a nice comparison because I don't know. I haven't seen that video yet. I'm sure it's out there, but I haven't seen that video yet. Yeah, there's been a couple of them, but we can do better. And I think we've lost Robert. Oh, no. No, he's there. He's just not talking. I'm just being quiet and listening to you wax on about the why. I would love to get in it. In fact, Wednesday, I will get in it. Wednesday, 
I will maybe drive it. What? Talk, yes. please, please. I know. It's kind of a shame that we're recording today, Monday the 30th, before I drive down to San Diego, our Orange County area, to socially distance with Mark, uh, wipe down my car, and allow him to uh, help me by putting on a front clear bra and uh, protect my beautiful white seats before I mess them all up and do uh, any number of other things on my to-do list. So what does that mean for you in a, in a why? Does he have a why? He took delivery Saturday, Sunday of his why. And uh, I think I sent you guys a picture. He already has customized it like unbelievably. It's uh, He's got it clear coated. He's got his, I think it already came Chrome Delete, right? They all come Chrome Delete. Yeah. But he's got like a custom steering wheel in there now with white leather on it. He's recovered the center console in white, as well as the armrest in white. And uh, the car looks like so cool. And he's going to actually let you in it? Yes. I wouldn't let you in my car right now. I haven't been to the emergency room, actually, in a few days. I'm uh, And I'm taking my temperature. And I am, uh, well, you kind of know me, boys, as being a bit of, of a compulsive. When I would note, uh, go through the show notes and make sure all the fonts were the right size for all the different sections, that's me. And so wearing a mask and being protected is uh, mission number one when I'm at work. So the chances of me getting this nasty bug is exceedingly low. And I think what I would do if I let you have my wires, I'd just leave it in the sun for two or three days and that'll almost <laughs> certainly destroy the virus. <laughs> so then I'd get back in. Steam it with like Clorox. Yeah, it's sunny in Southern California and that internal temperature, it's going to be baking in there. That'll kill that little thing with its lipid bilayer. It's weak. It's weak. <laughs> You're weak, Corona. Look at you guys taunting the coronavirus. Yeah, That's great. It. There's people listening to this show. This is all bad. No, no good. I have to make a plug for a podcast that I discovered earlier today that was really good. I really enjoyed listening to it. In fact, the podcast. Dave Mason, thank you, Dave, gave me my third laugh of the day. And that's your other podcast, Mel, about, uh, it's called It Won't Hurt a Bit, and it's all about the coronavirus. And I think everybody who listens to Talking Tesla should check it out. It's really, really good. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, it's This Won't Hurt a Bit. We'll put a link in the show note. I thought I was outstanding. No, I didn't think you were outstanding. <laughs> that's a shocker. Jess Mason was good, but Dave Mason was, he took, he took, he took it home. He was awesome. He was fantastic, but I think I was fantastic. I'm sorry I mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> could have, I could have warned you. Yeah, well, you are wise. Wise beyond your years, young Tom. <laughs> I just know Mel very well. So we're excited about the why. Did you hear that OneWeb, the, that is the competitor to SpaceX, to Starlink, OneWeb went broke today, um, and they're done. OneWeb was this company. They're putting up low-Earth orbit satellites to do fast internet connections, and it was sort of exciting that you had SpaceX doing this and OneWeb doing this and that we would have fast internet connection across the world and there'd be little competition there today because of uh, COVID-19. They filed for bankruptcy. Did you hear this, gentlemen? I didn't. I'm reading it right now. Yeah. It's yeah, an Ars Technica article. Do we know how many satellites they have up? They have 74 satellites up. They have like 44 ground stations, and they've said that's not enough for them to even 
do any internet access at all. And they'd gotten $3 billion in funding. And this was one of those things where it was exciting because there was competition and we're here, this is, you know, we're going to have different groups and it's not just going to be one company, monopolies are bad. So it's really, I find it really sad, actually. Uh, probably Elon's very excited. It's like, there goes the competition. I wonder if Elon will buy them um, at a vastly reduced price. Now, it's probably different technologies and stuff, and so it may not be worth anything to them. But the spectrum that they had might be worth something. They were doing something like 400 megabyte downloads with a 32 millisecond uh, ping. Um, so... Maybe they'll buy the Spectrum, but it's kind of amazing how quickly that happened, that they just ran out of funding. Interesting. So they have uh, so they've laid off 85% of their 531 employees, which is terrible. They're, uh, they have $2.1 billion in liabilities, $1.7 billion in senior secured financing, plus money owed to between 1,000 and 5,000 creditors. They're based in the U.K., they have U.S. headquarters in McLean, Virginia, and they operate a satellite production factory in Florida with Airbus. Interesting. After SoftBank, who is one of their top shareholders, they're next owned by Qualcomm, Airbus, and Weiler's 1110 Adventures. So hopefully they will be able to restructure and get back into it. I mean, they're not gone, gone, because bankruptcy doesn't necessarily mean you're gone. Right. No, but it just means that, you know, maybe they can get it together. The, the hard part, I think, is going to be, you know, coming up with more money to keep launching, right? That's going to be the hard part. Sounds like SoftBank took a big hit after, their, uh, after the announcement of this bankruptcy. And it says here from Bloomberg that uh, they've dropped their shares 10% after the satellite operator in, uh, filed for bankruptcy, which is a pretty amazing ripple. And we're seeing ripple effects everywhere in so many ways uh, around the coronavirus, this is uh, just another indicator of how interconnected we all are. And this Ars Technica article says that potential buyers could include Amazon or Facebook, both of which are planning constellations of low Earth orbit broadband satellites. Except nobody has, you know, the in-house mechanism to launch this stuff reliably. I mean, Amazon's working on it, but... Uh, you know, SpaceX has it. And I guess ah, I say this with a little bit of trepidation. If there's anybody I trust with a monopoly, I think it would be Elon. I think his heart's in the right place. And the fact that he bought like over 1,200 ventilators in China and had them shipped to LA, uh, I know that doesn't help anybody in Washington or New Orleans or New York, but I mean, I think that's amazing. That's pretty damn good. But they are refurbing the Buffalo Gigafactory, the, the, uh, the solar factory in Buffalo to make more ventilators right now. They're, they have a partnership with Medtronics, I believe, and they're yeah. going to try to start ramping that up there, which will be very, very helpful if they can, if they can get any kind of numbers going. That'll be impressive. You know, it's kind of crazy that uh, looking back at the past 15 or 20 years, that it came, uh, you know, after a number of disasters that we experienced where ventilators were in short supply, not nearly as big a situation as we currently have. There have been moves by like Health and Human Services and various national, or I should say governmental organizations to fund the creation of inexpensive, easy produce 
and easy to stockpile ventilators. And in each of those cases, the companies and the startups that were created for that effect were bought out by massive, large uh, equipment manufacturers and then quashed. There was a great article. I, I'd have to find it here. and Maybe I'll throw it into the notes for later. But it's just, you know, again, uh, money is not the, the, the end goal for everything. And the cheapest is not the end goal for everything. You've got to look at a bigger picture. Yeah, I saw those. And it's, uh, that is the whole big government, small government, uh, capitalism is the best thing. And uh, it's not. Free These, market. The yeah. free market market forces means that uh, you don't prepare well for a pandemic because you can't really factor in the cost of that until it's too late. And uh, so there'll, I think there'll be some interesting discussions that come out of this about exactly that. Uh, there are some things like global warming and pandemics. Uh, the free market does not have the skills to deal with that because it's a probability thing. It's a future thing. And I saw that and I'm like, what a disaster. Because uh, despite what you've heard from the top of government, nobody ever saw this coming. Uh, nobody could have predicted. People have been predicting this and talking about this for years. This is an absolute inevitability and it will occur again. And this idea that nobody knew this. People have known this, have been telling government and telling them to prepare for this. And part of the reason that some of the Asian countries have been so much better at dealing with this is because they got slammed by SARS and MERS, and we didn't here in the United States, so we pretended it's not a problem. But now we're talking about uh, the epidemic, and we said we wouldn't. So let's uh, move on. Um, I want to I want to go back to the Model Y. Have you been looking at some of the videos of the Model Y on the racetrack? and the Model Y off-roading. Have you seen any of those, boys? No, I haven't. Well, I saw the Model Y on the racetrack. It's not as fast as the Model 3, but I think there were, there were performance versus performance. And what I do want to know, because you alerted, this, you alerted me to this, Mel, is that on the Tesla app, when I look at my Model 3, I have an um, opportunity to up the performance of my Model 3, right. which I'm very excited about. Are you going to do that for two grand? You can go from like zero to 60 or zero to 100 kilometers an hour in 4.4. But if you pay the two grand to 3.9, I think it is. Yeah, I am definitely going to do that. But first, oh, I want to take it. I want to take, there's a, there's a really nice, very wide open road near one of my hospitals that at night is completely, there's nobody on it. And I'm going to do a really, I'm going to do like three or four, maybe five, zero to 60 time splits and see how fast my Model 3 is at baseline. And then I'm going to buy this thing and then I'm going to do it again. Oh, please. Can you video that? That sounds delicious. I need to figure out uh, how to video in the car. You know, I've seen a number of people and how they do it, um, like uh, the Tesla van life uh Damn, his name is just escaped me for a second. But he's got like three cameras set up and it's pretty cool where, you know, you've got a camera over your shoulder stuck on the glass looking at you or the dashboard. You've got a camera looking at you because I'm sure that I'm going to make some really funny faces when this happens. Yeah, I'd, I would like to see it. anything. Give me something because I really want to know. Does that work? I mean, it's an over-the-air firmware upgrade that allows the motors to suck in more energy across the copper wiring. 
And I, I want to know. I'm not going to do it because I think the acceleration is plenty fine right now. But uh, I know you're a rev head. You're a, yeah, you like to go fast. We learned that years ago when we first went for a drive. And what was it, the Model X, when I thought I was going to die? Yes, when you first got your X. But I just wanted to see how does it really handle. And it, there was nobody around in that area. So there's a number of videos out there by um, some of the YouTubers that got early access by uh, to people who had um, Model Ys. And I got to tell you, it's pretty impressive. Uh, it's impressive the speed as they're drag racing this thing, um, the off-road abilities, and you know, Model Y sits up a little higher. Actually, like I think it's five to seven inches higher than the Model Three, and they have an off road mode and so this is not like you're going to go rally driving this thing but if you're like a tom and you're going camping and you need a little extra you know four-wheel drive-ish stuff going on they were very impressed with how the off-road mode uh sort of made the traction go between wheels and for them to be able to go over um you know significant hills and bumps and lumps and um they're impressive so yeah check them out i'm just saying think model y might be as close as i've ever seen to the perfect car for a huge percent of the population you can put a lot of kids in there get a lot of people in there you can go off-roading it's incredibly efficient for a big heavy car uh, this thing is impressive they're saying that the zero to 60 is 3.42 or 3.43 seconds with this one foot rollout which is typically how a zero to 60 is timed and that's pretty damn good. 3.4 seconds. I mean, that's better than many BMWs without, you know, the performance features that people throw on top of them. So for a, like a soccer mom, uh, not super expensive car, what, $60,000, $68,000 if you get the performance, that's pretty darn good. I would say more than pretty damn good. This is a supercar. Like this is, this will blow the doors off everything from zero to 60 and i don't actually use that i'm not drag racing people but just to know when you're on la freeways and stuff that your car can just punch through a problem somebody's cutting you off there's a bet it's a nice thing to have even if you're not the kind of person that likes to like blow people away at the stop signs it's a nice to know i probably use it uh, like two out of five times when I get off of work, typically it's late, you know, somewhere between 11 and two in the morning and I'm getting on the 101 freeway. Uh, there's a very large, like you get on the freeway and you don't see what's coming up behind you because it's, there's just been an overpass. The visibility is not great. And you start getting near to merging into the most, uh, the slow lane, so to speak. And there are semis that I'll just come up upon out of the blue. It just, I'm not, you know, I'm looking around. It's not, you know, it's late at night. Maybe I'm a little tired, but bottom line is, is if I need to get in front of them, the car does amazing at doing that. And with this added performance feature for like two grand, it'll be even better. And I find it when I'm actually, um, I'm in the slow lane and this is a very LA thing. People are coming onto the freeway and there's like seven cars coming onto the freeway and there is no space to merge into them. I'm like, what am I going to do? That ability to just punch the car, you're already doing 60 miles an hour and to punch it to 80 to get in front of another car to change lanes. Uh, it's uh, kind of a nice thing to have. Just saying, 
acceleration torque at low speed and high speed, even if you're not a rev head, is a nice nice thing to dip into when you need to. Uh, you know what I just noticed? I'm looking at my uh, my phone app and that little like uh, choice to add that feature of the performance acceleration has disappeared. Maybe you already bought it and you didn't remember. What? I don't think I did. Did you have a few too many drinks and forgot you bought that? Ah, nice. No. No. Maybe it's like full self-driving. You can, you have it, but you don't have to pay for it. So it's the opposite of the full self-driving where you pay for it, but you don't get it. (laughs) 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 No, it's not that. Probably isn't that. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. Boys, do you have anything else to talk about? We don't need to feel the need to like waffle on forever we you know there's not much happening because you know the uh fremont's closed down well not closed down but both fremont and uh sparks nevada are like they're working on skeleton crews this is going to how this is going to be sort of the situation for at least weeks here um well, it does else bring up a question about? for me it brings up the question of are they still building superchargers or is that work also on hold well, we heard about Buffalo, New York is going to be making um, respirators, but does that mean they're not making? They're not using the same line. Like so, the way that they're they're actually using a whole new space in the Buffalo factory to build respirators. They were like plotting out. I, I saw a photo. I can't remember where it was, but they were like there was an open area, and they were plotting out where a new assembly line was going to go because it's a vastly different item. You know, the the respirators aren't very big. Um, so they weren't using taking that over, but I don't know if they're just not building any of the supercharger stuff at the moment either. I know that Nevada's mostly closed as well. So any work that was being done there, but does that also mean like they're not doing any power walls? I did get an email about my referral power wall. What? Please discuss. Well, they sent me an email. Actually, I've gotten two now that I've sort of ignored because I have no no way to deal with it at the moment, but they're like, we're not installing them or we don't have the capacity to install them. So if you want it, we'll ship it to you, but we're not installing it, which I don't believe was part of the deal. So So you're just going to put it in the kitchen. I didn't need to contact. I don't know. I mean, it's so big. What am I going to do with the thing? Like I was just going to do what you're doing with the, with the Y and, you know, hold out a little while as long as I possibly can. But, uh, here, I'll read you the email if I can get it to open on my computer. Get Thank you open. for being a Tesla ambassador and helping accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. You've earned a Founder Series Powerwall through our referral program. Currently, Tesla does not have the installation capacity in your area. Therefore, we'd like to offer you the option of shipping your Powerwall and gateway to you at no cost except for the $5,000 it'll cost you to install it. They didn't, <laughs> didn't write that. That, that. Was, no, that was like, that was I you. put that, I, I extrapolated what they were thinking. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to contact them and then kind of see if I can, if I wait, are they going to install it or are they just not installing them? Period. That's Does anybody know? That, I have no idea. That's, could you ask them to bolt it to your car so that you get another, I don't know. Uh, that would be 14 in, five, seven kilowatts. Yeah, you get four. 14 kilowatts times three numbers, like another 50 miles range in your car. <laughs> but it, I don't know because it's probably pretty heavy. So it probably takes the 50 takes a little bit back range away. <laughs> Plus it's not car battery cells. It's different chemistry. 
I don't think you really thought this through. I haven't thought it through. Oh, well, <laughs> look, I'm the first to admit, Tom, I don't think that uh, <laughs> screwing a power wall to your Model 3 is the best idea, I'm just saying. But, but anyways, yeah. I just thank everybody that's ever bought in their vehicle using our referral codes. Um, very appreciative, very excited to eventually have this power wall installed. Um, so we'll go from there. Well, we in do. terms of, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. I was just going to say, just in terms of general, I was wondering uh, if you if you've been if I stalled long enough for you to get a supercharger update, that would be great. <laughs> we love each other and know each other so well. <laughs> well, let me do. Let me give you the supercharger update. The it, I think the indicators are that yes, things as far as power uh, as far as superchargers go are starting to slow down because the number of permits is very low compared to construction and open superchargers, which it's typically not this, they don't have this ratio. But boys, since we last gathered on the 8th of May, May, March, since the 8th of March, how many new uh, open superchargers do you think we have? Two, three. Well, you can add those together and then add 20 on top of it. 25? Wow, 25. Busy. Mel has, I mean, uh, not Mel, but Tom can do math quickly in his head. <laughs> and then when it comes to construction, uh, how many do you think we got in that ballpark? Two. 17. Well, if you add them together, you're still short. 25 <laughs> under construction. Wow, 25 and 25. Yeah, and permit is only seven, which is, you know, not to be uh, unexpected. I imagine that uh, even though Tesla worked out this sort of like online permitting process, I don't think the people who are paying attention to all that stuff are going to be, you know, pushing the paperwork through or making approvals that much. Although I don't, you know, a lot of construction, I think, is continuing, at least around me. Buildings are still building. Roads are still being resurfaced. People are just keeping their distance, but they're continuing to do the work. And uh, well, construction got uh, classified as um, an essential. Uh, what is it called? I don't remember the word. Essential service. So construction is continuing. Whether you think that's appropriate or not, it's continuing. I think it's appropriate. Somebody asked me about that today, and I do think it's appropriate because we're a lot of places have such a housing shortage to begin with, like. I think as long as the construction workers are being careful. Yeah, I agree. And like around me, there's probably, I think, uh, something on the order of 1,200 units being constructed right now, all within like a six block radius of where I live. So, uh, you know, that's not New York City where they're putting up tall, tall buildings, but that's pretty impressive amount of construction. And and we definitely need it. Um, You know, I feel bad for so many people who are, you know, on, on the ropes right now, their restaurant is closed so they don't have work or their business is on hold because they don't have, they're not able to be open. Um, but we're definitely going to need to bounce back from this. It may take a while, but uh, we can't just stop everything. We have to do it with logic and consideration for what the real risks are when it comes to spreading uh, the coronavirus. Well, boys, I think we should end it here Again, I don't want it to be about coronavirus, but how can it not be about coronavirus? It's so hard. We could talk about a Hawaii uh, battery storage that's in the in the offing. You oh, could yeah. talk about how big that puppy is. That if thing is that. massive. Drop that in there. So they're Go. bidding. 
So basically, Tesla, this is an electric article from Fred Lambert, of course, and Tesla is bidding to build one of the largest batteries in the world, 244 megapacks. And each megapack is three megawatt hours of storage. So that makes it 800 plus 810 megawatt hours in Hawaii on Oahu in a, a valley, which I'm not going to try to pronounce because I don't Kahe? know what you... Oh, Kahe? let me do it for Kakawakalaka. Oh, I knew we would have to be do something inappropriate. Yes, Ka- yeah. Kahe Valley on Oahu. And uh, it's going to have... That's a lot, 244. So let's just hope they can continue to make these battery packs somewhere. I don't know. They're not... I don't believe that Nevada is open either. So everything's kind of slowing down. No, I think Nevada is open, though they just had one person test positive. I thought Nevada was only at like 25% or something of capacity. Well, I don't know how open it is, but I know it's open. What's interesting in this article is if you look at the size of the power plant that's already there Mm -hmm. and the size of the power pack setup that they're planning, it's just a fraction of the size. Like it's like less, like maybe a tenth of the footprint so it takes up so much less space. And, you know, the power, that the, the source of the power, whatever that may be, solar panels or or windows. I think it's going to be these big, giant smokestacks, buddy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it looks like it may be part of a natural gas uh, plant is what it looks like to this me. This is going to be six times bigger than the South Australian um, battery backup thing. But when they call it the biggest battery in the world, what does that mean? What's the largest battery in the world? It's in South Australia right now. Then California is about to take over around Monterey Bay. This one is going to be about the same size. I'm not exactly sure how it'll pan out. Monterey Bay might be actually bigger than this, but they're competing for the biggest. Uh, But South Australia, I think, uh, functionally, right now, today, is still the biggest. And this is going to be six times bigger. 200 to $300 million dollars. That is impressive. That's a but lot I agree. They need to put some they need to put some renewable energy around it. There's nothing. Like right now, the photo that's on the electric article is is of a another power plant with this power plant, this uh these batteries, these mega batteries off well, to the side. So. Well what you're talking about is really important. So these batteries are really good to stabilize the grid. They're instant on, instant off. Mm-hmm. But we also need to now power them with wind and solar and other stuff. And I yeah. don't know if they, they, in that article I remember reading it, they didn't say you know is Maui putting out lots of solar panels. Kauai did this. Kauai put a big solar farm and then a big battery pack. But Maui, it's not clear that this is linked to renewable energy. It's more just for stabilizing the grid. So So here's what it says actually about that. So the goal is to provide both load shifting services and create backup power to its electric grid. So load shifting means it stores energy during periods of low customer demand for use during the high demand. And then this type of BESS, they call it, enables the grid to accommodate more renewable sources. So this will allow them to eventually add more wind, add more solar, while it displaces thermal generation. So this is a lot like everything we talk about when it, as it pertains to Teslas, right? As the grid gets cleaner, the batteries are cleaner. So this this is about the one of the few sort of energy 
plant you can build that over time gets cleaner based on what's feeding into it. So that's pretty I, cool. I like that description, Tom. You did Thank a you. very good description. Thank you very much. Can You're we good. also talk about autopilot? Which is about like. to go. It's about to go through a uh, a transformation. We're about to get some updates. Yeah, please discuss. Yeah, so soon. I don't know when, but soon, probably by uh, the time we record the next show, the people who have autopilot, uh, well, latest version, which is coming out, I think it's going to be twenty twenty dot eight. Is they're going to see uh, traffic lights and stop signs. And the car is going to slow before a traffic light. It doesn't matter what color the light is, green, orange, or red. And it's going to slow. This is when you're an autopilot. It's going to slow before a stop sign and seek your confirmation as to whether to go through it or to stop. So either you touch the accelerator or you put on the brake. And this is sort of like a pre-learning uh, before rollout of this intermediate range of autopilot, right? We already have the slow uh, speed autopilot, which is summon, that would be in a parking lot or in a driveway. And we have high speed autopilot, which is well proven on the freeways to be, you know, quite a uh, stress saver. And I use it all the time. And this is the middle ground, what, what happens between the highway and the parking lot. And uh, I'm very excited to see this come. So, can you explain when you said something about the stop signs? Yes. That when you get to a stop sign, it's going to ask you whether or not it wants you to run it, or it's going to stop and then ask you when it should go. So, uh, my understanding is when it's placed, when your car is in autopilot mm -hmm. and you have full self driving, not mm -hmm. you, Tom, but Tom, uh, Mel, and I. How dare you? Uh, I know. Uh, well, you don't get to be a guinea pig then. So, while my car is in full self-driving uh, autopilot all turned on. As I leave it on and I'm driving on city streets, as it comes to a stop sign or it comes to a traffic signal, the car will hesitate as I approach the intersection and either it will stop, even if the, even if the, uh, the, the traffic lights are green, it will stop unless I confirm that it should go through it. So no, I'm not going to run traffic lights or stop signs to really F with the Tesla programmers. Cause that would definitely, do you, do you guys feel like that makes any sense to put something like that into action? Well, evidently they need this to kind of further the, the learning of the autopilot program. They I feel like they should at least pay me like an hour hourly wage to teach their AI. Yeah, there should be maybe, some kind of gig. Like I should get like UTLA costs or something yeah. for teaching. Well, the bottom line is, is they, they don't have to. How many of us constantly uh, provide Tesla with bug reports when the autopilot does silly and stupid things? Uh, you know, it's all free and we pay to be doing it, right? Seven grand. That's crazy. Well, you do. I don't. I That's the bonus of not having it. I don't have to pay for it. Haven't like 40% of Tesla owners paid for full self-driving like even multiple times <laughs> well, 66 percent of the people in this phone call currently have, <laughs> have paid wow, for it math. multiple times excellent thank math you. Tom. thank He's you very, very quick on the math two times it's easy when the math is like very basic i can look super impressive but if you started to throw some algorithms in front of me we'd have some problems <laughs>
And I mean, very quickly, we would have some problems. Well, I'm curious, Mel, are you going to uh, engage this and drive, let your car uh, be engaged in autopilot on traffic on uh, non-highway streets and help train it? Yeah, you know, I have two types of driving. One is uh, I got stuff to do driving, and then there's uh, one I help uh, Tesla out. So, yeah, I will engage it at times and help uh, teach the AI that will eventually take over and become Arnold Schwarzenegger and come to my house and kill me. And uh, there are other times I just need to go to the store, although those times of going to the store, much less than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Media picks. All right, so I'll do mine. I started the fourth season of Westworld. I could not wait to see. I didn't watch the whole, like, whatever. I just watched. They give you all of the previous, you know, issues that you need to be up with when you start watching it. But I'm two shows in. That's all there is right now. And love it. Love it. Good. Uh, Tiger King. Check it out. Ozark. I'm about to start tonight. And I rewatched The Favorite, which was a very interesting, intrigue, uh, mind-bending kind of like uh, who's out to get whom. It was a really good movie. I really liked it. I think it was done so well. And uh, there's just so much good stuff out there. Definitely saving grace for quarantine. Good, good. Uh, For my part, I have been... um... I watched Jumanji just for total silliness. It was good. Not great. Good. I watched 1917. It was excellent. And I'm re-watching the second season of Westworld before I watch the final season of Westworld because I want to get myself reoriented. And uh, am I? Oh, and I'm listening to uh, the Foundations trilogy, Isaac Asimov. Uh, it's actually more than the trilogy because it was so successful. He went on and did more. But the trilogy is the key. So I'm listening to that on audiobooks, and uh, it's going to become an Apple TV event thing. It's it's outstanding. Let, let me just say. Okay. Uh, they're my uh, media picks. Media picks, media picks, media picks. How did we ever forget media picks? All I do is watch media uh, so a movie, Netflix, Hell or High Water with Jeff Bridges, an excellent bank robbery flick. And I haven't seen it yet, but the new season of Ozarks dropped, and you know that is going to be good. So otherwise, you know, read a book, stand on your patio, drive 100 miles out of the city and stand out and breathe by yourself. You can go outside, just do it alone. So do you want to end it here, boys? I, I think I feel I feel the need yeah. to, to move on. Uh, uh, thanks for doing this. I think we did this as a public service thing. I think we did this because we needed to get together. I think we did this because one day, I've always felt that we look back in time. We think about the first, Second World War, or the First World War, the pandemics. Like, well, nothing big like that happened to us. But we're yeah. in the middle of this thing. We're in the middle of something that when we're old, if we are lucky enough to get old, we're going to look back and say, uh, that defined our generation. And uh, we want to sort of be part of that. But and what this- does that mean, like, in some ways? Because it's defining every one of these generations that are currently alive, right? But I can't get my head around it. I can't get my head around this until later. 
I mean, I lived through, we all lived through, but I remember being a doc at the beginning of the HIV epidemic and going to work and seeing all these people with HIV and not knowing if I was going to get it. And I didn't really understand how impactful that was until years later. And like, oh, that's right. I lived through that. Sometimes it's too much to process. And I think right now it's a bit too much to process. Years from now, we're going to look back and like, damn, we lived through a global pandemic. Yeah. And I don't know what to say with that. It's like, if you're having a hard time sort of getting your head around this, I think that's normal. It's it's a little hard to get your head around. Yeah, for sure. I was looking at some of the literature that came out after the 1918 misidentified Spanish flu pandemic and how society adjusted and uh, changed. And that that's just fascinating. That's You can look that up with Google just to see how society changed and how people's attitudes changed. And, you know, we're in for some changes, definitely, even beyond what we're feeling right now. And I think being resilient, taking care of yourself, uh, don't forget to get some exercise, don't forget to eat well, don't drink too much alcohol. As I uh, finish my... Yeah, good time to say that. Gin and tonic, and um, and uh, and and don't forget to laugh and enjoy yourself. There, yeah. it, it can't all be, it can't all be pandemic. It's going to be a while. It's going to be, you know, this is the public service announcement. It's going to be months, months, and months, and then it's just not going to be over. Even then, uh, we're going to have to flatten the curve a couple of times, um, but we can get through this. And so, here's a trivial pursuit question: Where did the Spanish flu originate? In Virginia, Kansas, Kansas. Okay, I knew it was a it was a military uh, recruit camp. That's a kind of a crazy thing, as we think about the Spanish flu. It actually originated in Kansas in a military institution uh, where all these guys were training to go to war, to the First World War, and these pathologists started to see this bizarre pneumonia that they couldn't really work out. Then the troops shipped off to Europe. They spread it to the other troops that were in Europe, and then it probably underwent a little mutation. It came back to the States and the rest of the world. And it's called Spanish flu because Spain wasn't actually involved in the war. And every other country, the US and Germany and Great Britain, now all these countries that are in the war, didn't want to talk about this flu because that made them look weak at a time of war. But Spain and their public health service said like, my God, we've got flu everywhere and people are dying. So it became known as the Spanish flu because they reported on it. Um, so that's it, a little interesting history there. Yeah, history is fascinating. History is interesting. And we are going through a pandemic, and there hasn't really been a pandemic like this in over 100 years. We've had some terrible Ebola outbreaks, H1N1 outbreaks, SARS, MERS. But this one is bad, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Feel good or feel bad about it. This is the worst pandemic in 100 years. But we're going to get through it. All right? Excellent. Thank you, Mel. And thank you for everything you're doing. No, thank you for being on the front line. Thank you for looking after the patients. I'm going to, I've got to take off the retired coat and put, off a, put on a white coat. I'll be back there with you, my brother, real soon if the... Poopy hits the fan here in California, which we think is about a week or two away. I look forward to it. You guys be safe out there. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Talking Tesla. It's over. It's the pandemic edition. I don't want to call it that. We're going to call it something else. We're going to have to call it the... uh, Why why stress? 
It the is what? the first episode we've ever done completely remotely. Yeah. Is that true? I, I believe we've it never is. done yeah. it. We've never done one where all oh, three we'll of us were Oh, we'll call it the remote, remote Zoom edition. <laughs> or, you know, you, you once forced me into the side room, which was sort of like a remote show, but this is the most remote show we've done. What about the show where I was sleep deprived and had too much to drink and we couldn't <laughs> use a show? What, was, what did we call that one? That was a terrible. <laughs> that, was a terrible uh, that was. You're welcome. We didn't put that out. Was what yeah, it was. No kidding. Uh, the hidden show. I, I do remember yeah. recording, like in various hotels, like in Denver. I recorded a yeah. show, and in Sacramento, I recorded a show, and, in and I've recorded in Chicago. So. But I don't think all three of us have ever been remote because even Mel's not technically in his studio right now. I'm not in the studio. We shut our studio down. I'm in home. It's crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Talking Tesla. We're not there that often right now, but we'll be back soon. Talking Tesla out. Take care of yourselves, everyone.